tell you something, my friends. When you start creating a skincare brand and you decide to name it Hero Cosmetics, that gives you some pretty big shoes to fill. And let me tell you something. Hero Cosmetics has really lived up to the expectations. So they sent me over the Mighty Patch, which is a pimple patch. What happens is when you have a monster pimple, we've all heard the stories about the volcano pimple, you stick one on and basically remove it six to 12 hours later, you will see all the gunk, all the pus from your pimple right there on the patch, proof of concept, okay? Nothing like all the other creams and bullshit products that you see online. They don't help. They sometimes irritate your skin. They can make things worse. So this is a very targeted specific solution for you guys. It only has one ingredient, so it is definitely suitable for even the most sensitive skin. The best part about this, if you have a little bit of an emergency situation and you need to look good for a date, for example, they also have, in addition to the original patch, the invisible one, which is one that you can wear and basically acts as a concealer and it's almost undetectable. So if you want to try the Mighty Patch for yourself, you can use code with me 15 for 15% off on herocosmetics.com. That is code with me 15 for 15% off on herocosmetics.com. You can't sit with me. Hosted by Deanna Espear. We are back this week on the You Can't Sit With Me podcast with a brand new guest. And I'm very excited to have someone to be savage with on the podcast because I feel like I've been bumming a little too much. You know, it's kind of hard when you interview people. I still try to be true to my opinions, but I feel like the episodes get so much more interesting when I can really deep dive with another critique like myself. Before we get into it and I introduce you my guest, just want to remind you guys to rate, review the show. Also, you guys can submit your questions anonymously via my website, concertwithme.com slash submit because you know people submit questions and let me introduce you to my guest today which is David Yontev from Behind the Velvet Rope the podcast how are you how are you I love how you give an introduction and you're like I can't always be myself with some of these guests but with David I just know I can like just let it rip Yeah, you know, we were just having this conversation, so I just had to start taping right away because uh, the podcasting world is kind of weird. Like, it's such an unfiltered space, but now everyone is kind of like, it's become this race to get guests on the show, which is cool. I love a good guest, but then you kind of feel like you have to filter yourself, and I think that's why you were kind of excited to come on the show because you were like, I'm going to unleash Savage David today. It's true. And you know, the guests, I mean, that's the thing. The guest shows are not always the best shows. And sometimes the bigger the name, the guest, it's not the best show. Like some of my lesser known guests, just I did a better show. I mean, I don't know if the audience always understands that, but it's kind of how it works, right? You know what I do now, which you're going to fucking hate me for? When I have a guest, I go to check if you've had someone from that show on the podcast because your interview actually provides me more information to work with than the actual fucking TV show. What do you mean? Like, oh, oh no, I I like don't hate you. So you, oh, so you mean like if you're going to interview someone that I've had on, you go to my podcast and listen? I'm like, okay. No, so for example, 
No, no, no. So for example, I had someone from Below Deck Med and you recently had someone from Below Deck Med. And instead of binging the entire last three episodes, I was like, well, I'm just going to listen to that show because then I can work off of the stuff that people want to know about, which is what you're asking them. So it was a different guest. But to me, it's just like proof of concept. Like if people want to know more about a certain aspect of the show, that's what I'm going to like deep dive in type of thing. I love it. I love it. Using my show as research. I, I, I'm i okay with that. Yeah, I'm using you as research. I swear. I love it. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's the thing. Some of these shows, you really got to prepare. I mean, I like do the same thing. Like when I have a guest who was like not been on the show for so long, I'm like, I know about this person, but not really. And then the next thing you know, you're like, God, I just spent way too much time trying to figure out a show. I want to know something. Do you get nervous about some of your interviews? Like, how does it work for you? Because you put out a show, like, what, tw- three times a week? Like, every day? Four what, like, a how- week now. Four. How the fuck? Like, I need to know everything about this. Tell everyone how you got started in podcasting and why you decided to post so often and how you're able to keep up with bookings and all that shit. These are all very good questions. So, I mean, the real reason in way that I got started. So my story is kind of like, I went from fan to friend. Like I was a fan of the housewives. I was a fan of Bravo and I was a fan of reality TV. So I would, you know, do what any other fan does, you know, and go to places where the housewives were or go to shows or go to appearances. And so I just was a fan and I don't see, I personally don't understand a lot of the fans that just sit around and talk about these people all day. I was like, I want to insert myself into this story. You know, this is not Brad Pitt. It's not Angelina Jolie. This is not Julia Roberts. These are reality TV stars. So I don't really want to be a fan sitting on the sidelines, just like staring across the room at Teresa Giudice or Countess Luann. I'm going to insert myself into the story. So I made a conscious decision that I am going to go and become friends with these people. Now, there's a sliding scale of friendships. You're probably, you know, you're more able to be friends with, you know, say a smaller cast member. I'm not going to walk up to Lisa Rinna and say, hey, girl, let's have lunch every day. It's not going to work like that. But, you know, I live in New York City. So some of, you know, there's a lot of shows in New York, New Jersey. I'm like, I'm just going to befriend these people. And that's what I did. And then after I became friends with some of these Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities, I realized, like, there's I have to turn this into a business somehow. Really, it was Margaret Josephs from the Real Housewives of New Jersey, who I'm very good friends with, who always said to me, you need to think of how this could be a business. Like, what are you doing with your life? You're hanging out with all the housewives. (laughs) Find a career. I mean, I had a past career and I was successful in it. Like I was a lawyer and I practiced corporate tax and then I had a company. So, I mean, it wasn't like a bum living on the street, but after I sold my company, I kind of just fell into doing this and I'm like, I I do need a business. So I couldn't think of how I could like turn this into a business. And then one day I did some research and I'm like, there's no podcaster in the Bravo space that's really talking about these stories. Like my stories are really, this is why I called my show Behind the Velvet Rope. It's really like, think of me as your spy, as your mole, which both of them have a very negative connotation. But when I'm hanging out with these housewives, of course, if something is really confidential and I'm with like, you know, I mean, once I was in a room and Teresa was talking, 
to Margaret and I was in the room and I was on my phone the whole time. I was not listening to a word that was being said. And the next thing I know, I hear, what the hell are you doing on your phone? And it took a minute for me to register and I looked up and it was Teresa talking to me. And I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not like, what? Like, you think I'm like taking notes? Like, that's the thing. If something is really confidential, I understand that like I'll be cut off at the knees. And so I really just know the difference between what I could talk about on my show and what I can't. So the really confidential stuff that's like, you know, this is coming up in five, five seas, you know, five episodes or whatever, that stuff I can't talk about. But these like fun little stories of like, I'm hanging out and it's 3am in the morning and I'm drinking with Sonia Morgan. And this is what happens. I'm like, these little stories like the average person doesn't have access to these and someone might find these stories interesting. So that's really how I kind of started my podcast. I'm like, I'm not going to be a recap podcast because a lot of people are doing that. I'm going to tell these stories, which no one else is going to have because no one else is, is me. So I started telling these stories and I'm like, wow, people find these stories kind of interesting. You know, there was one story I was in Florida with Dolores Catania from New Jersey, and she was doing an appearance with Kelly Dodd and Ramona. And after we had a dinner and it was like, imagine eating dinner with Ramona. It's like everything you think it is. It's like so much went wrong and so much went right. And I'm like, this is going to be my pilot episode. So I did that. I tested it out and I'm like, oh my God, people are loving this story, which to me is just like another day, another day. But to someone on the outside, they find these. So that's kind of how my podcast started. It started with all these stories and then it kind of morphed into, I'm going to do one story a week and one guest a week. And then what happened is COVID hit and really the demand for content went up amongst my listeners. And I just kept getting guests that were saying yes. And I'm like, I have so much recorded. I'm going to go to three days a week. And I still couldn't get it out fast enough. And I'm like, then people started contacting me from the Bravo world being like, well, so-and-so was just on your show. Can I come on your show? And I, I'm not one to say no, especially when the doors are locked and I'm sitting at home in New York City. So this right. is how I went from at the beginning of COVID, I was two days a week. And then I went to three days a week. And now I'm four days a week. So it kind of just exploded. That's amazing. And you know what? I really appreciate the transparency of like, I was a fan and I wanted to fucking be friends with these people because I, you kind of made that fine line, you know, I'm a creep, but I'm not a creep. I'm just a fan who just wants to be friends. And that just makes you like not creepy. Do you know what I mean? Like just the transparency of saying, I'm a fan. I want to be friends with these people. They look like they're a lot of fun and I just want to be a part of the narrative. You know, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. See, it's really funny because you... You're talking to me about all these names like this and, you know, Luan and la 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 thinking, oh my gosh, Deanna talks about Bravo TV. She must be a huge Bravo super fan. And it's like, I'm not like, I'm actually not a Bravo fan. I only watch a couple of Bravo shows that I like, you know, interview people from, but my passion does not lie within the Bravo community. It's more about like, for me, I always loved being an entertainment journalist and interviewing people. And as I started interviewing people on the podcast, they kind of went in all directions to begin with. And I just realized that the interviews, the, the interviews were fucking boring when I didn't have a reality star on the show because there was just a lack of transparency. And once I started interviewing reality TV personalities, I was like, this is what I need to have on the show. So now obviously I watch more TV than I used to, but it didn't 
start start out this way. It was very different for me, which is really funny because now we're both here, both talking about the Real Housewives. No, and I was going to say, like, you had a good, not to cut you off, like, you have a good point too because I what you said about like my transparency. Well, first of all, I just wrote a book on this. It's not out yet. It's literally going from fan to friend to a business. But to your point, right, that's the thing. Like I understand, like, listen, I've heard all the names in the world, not from the housewives, but from other fans that, I mean, might be a tad bit jealous. Like I've heard creep, stalker, you know, and my thing is like- Fucking stalking them. Everyone is. Relax, people. Thank you. That's what I say. I'm like, you're just, listen, the bottom line is if someone doesn't like you or has something to say about you and they don't know you, it's jealousy. It's just that simple. Like, I'm not trying to be rude. So say what you want about me. If they've seen you and they've seen your content or they've heard an interview, they were stalking as well. So like uh-huh. they're no better. I just want to put it out there. Totally. Um, like goodbye. You know, before I start my episodes, which I didn't do, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Yes. I always do a little segment called Tip of the Week. I don't know if you've heard. So it can be an app, a product, an item, but something that drastically improves your day to day life. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. My tip of the week, I don't even know. I can't remember if you had someone from this show on your show, but my tip of the week is selling a sunset. I am fucking obsessed. I don't know if you watch that. Yeah. It's on Netflix. My latest guest is from, well, my guest, the, the the next episode after yours, after this one is going to be someone from Selling Sunset. Could you tell us? So I, I have four people coming up on my show too. So I only have one. So I'm having Mary Fitzgerald. Um, She's a good on the one. show. She's a really, I really liked her this season. She's a good one. She's a really good one. So why is it your tip of the week? Tell me why you love the show. I mean, I think I love the show for a lot of reasons. First of all, I was nowhere during season one. I didn't hear about it. I mean, I kind of heard about it. It was not on my radar at all. Then season two comes, everyone's talking about it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch the show. I'm just like, I have too many shows. I don't need another show. I just, I'm blocking this out. Then the buzz got bigger and bigger. And I'm like, okay, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to watch one episode, the first episode of season one. Let's just see what this show is about. I'm not taking on a new show, but let me just give it a chance. Fuck no. I am obsessed. I could not put it down. I mean, why? There's so many. There's so much. First of all, the real estate porn is amazing. I love looking at the real estate. I love Million Dollar Listing LA. I love Million Dollar Listing New York. I just, for the real estate alone, I mean, I don't want to see like the little shitty houses. I love the big gorgeous houses. It's like an escape. Like, okay, I'm picturing myself living in that $16 million house. And now I'm going to picture myself living in that $30 million house. And that one's not really my stuff. So just the real estate alone is amazing. Then you have these two brothers. I mean, this whole show is so, and I talked about this with every guest I had on, like, why doesn't anyone see like the misogyny in this show? I mean, it's not because the women are all powerful and they're smart and they're oh, agents. Oh, yeah. I see right? it, my friend. I see it. It's like it's crazy. Oh, so 
all these beautiful women that are bedazzled to the bone, okay, showing these houses. And I feel like they're very objectified in a way, in my opinion. Right? Or am I saying the wrong thing? No. I mean, so you mean to tell me if I walk in there and I'm an overweight woman, you're going to hire me? I don't think so. Because I don't see it. Kind of illegal, isn't it? That's kind of fucking illegal too. <laughs> kind of. I mean, everyone is a size, and I'm not kidding you, negative zero, zero. Maybe there's a one and maybe there's a two. There's nobody over a size two in that office. It's literally stick figure supermodels, one after another. Yes. And also, I'm a kind of a size zero, but not the supermodel kind because I'm like short, but like I'm a, I'm a petite person, but I have like some shape, but I, I'm still, I'm a small size. And I can guarantee you that every single one of these women is wearing tinier jeans than I am, which means that they probably need to get that shit altered every fucking day. They are so skinny. I, I mean, like, it's not even like, where do you, it's like, you don't know which way to look first. It's like, everyone is drop dead gorgeous. It's crazy. So I just think it's funny. Like if you, I mean, I don't know, do they just go to other ad, like agencies and handpick who looks appropriate and try to steal them away? Like, and if you're not that look, do you even apply there? Like, there's no way you're telling me that they bring people in regardless of looks that this was just all coincidental it's not the kind of place where you just send an application in and like woohoo i got the job like i think it's more of like a a secret club of who can get the job and like a, a word of mouth thing like example chriselle i think she was working something else and they kind of like recruited her so i think you're right it's more of a you know the vip must be super skinny must have a boob job um secret club of real estate. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it works. I mean, sex sells. And when you're going to look for a house, like that guy we see jumping all over the bed when he's with Maya, like, I, I think it works. I mean, I don't think you're going to plunk down, you know, $20 million just because you want to like sleep with one of the agents. But I do think it certainly helps when you're being shown a house by someone that you kind of want to sleep with. I mean, we were talking about house porn. Just put a sexy lady and her boob job, a little cleavage in the mix, and you've got house super porn right there. You're all good to go. Totally. And so, like, I'm obsessed with this show because it's so fluffy. And, like, it's also by Adam DeVello, who did The Hills. I don't know if you watched The Hills. Yeah, you back can tell. No, but you can tell that you he produced tell. it. Totally. You can tell. Totally. Um, Love that tip. That show has been a great coping mechanism for me during quarantine. I'm going to quickly share my tip before we get into Housewives because I feel sure. like we can talk for hours because this is amazing. Um, my tip of the week is definitely, I think it's more superficial than yours. It's for all the people out there that have chapped lips, which I think is a very unattractive trait. Personally, I could be on a date with the, the hottest motherfucker of the bunch He's got chapped lips. I ain't kissing them. I'm really sorry. Not happening for me. Um, I have little things like this that really bug me in life. And so I recommend, not sponsored, using the Bliss 
Fabulips scrub. So it's like a sugar scrub. So you can like lick it and it tastes good. Mm. And it's kind of like a lip balm that has these little like sugar beads in it. And you kind of rub them against your lips. So not only does it hydrate your lips with the, you know, the lip balm, but it also exfoliates them. And I just think that if you're going on a date, forget the gum. Nobody cares about breath anymore. We're all going to stink of wine or alcohol or tequila. Just take care of your lips. That is my tip of the week, my friends. Um, but you're not going on a date because it's coronavirus. So um, let's I mean, talk about I, I would like to go on a date. Like, don't get me wrong. I would like to go on a date. I would die to go on a date. Do you know? Do you know what quarantine has fucking done to me as a single person? And I'm Jewish. And I'm 31. And I'm not married. And I'm single. Do you understand what that does to someone? Like, to I'm their single too, sweetie. ID? And it's it's not fun, is it? Do you get the like? I don't know if it works um, that way in the gay community. Wait, are you gay? Yes, thank you. I am. Oh, sorry. No, I no, was like, I'm like, I don't remember the last time someone had to question that. But thank you very much. I'm so flattered. I know. I like to ask. I like to ask. I, you know, silly you me assumed, know. but I. You never fucking know. You know no. what I mean? Did I just put my foot in it? I tend to do that on the podcast. You know? No, what? <laughs> no. I, I was like making a joke because I'm like, you know. Someone else recently asked me and I'm like, really? I mean, thank you. I think that's a very kind thing for you to do, to just not assume. Thank you very much. Wow. Someone called me kind on the podcast. That's the first. Let's drink that. No, Um, I'm like, it's gay as they come. (laughs) Um, I don't know if it's the same in the gay community for Jews, but for me as a 31-year-old single girl, Jewish, you know, everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Something must be wrong with this one. She's not married. She doesn't have three babies. What is wrong with this bitch? I get that from people. I could. I think that's more of a straight woman thing. So you don't don't have this problem. I envy you. I do not have that problem really as much. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Let's jump into it. You say that your listeners are kind of tired of hearing about it, but I'm very intrigued about the topic because did I hear correctly? You grew up with Dorit. I did. I grew up with Miss Kemsley. Now, I have to say, we were not the same year in high school. So it's not like we were best friends or even friends. However, we shared sisters, like a very good friend of mine her sister is very good friends with Dorit. So we did, we were, we had shared sisters. Okay. So here's the thing. I've been called the Dorit of podcasters before because of my confused accent. I mean, to you, I probably sound British, but to the British people, I sound like I'm fucking confused. So, you know, really? and I took it very, person- yeah, I take it very personally because I love watching Dorit, but I'm not going to lie. She fucking bugs me on TV. Like she's one of the housewives that has bugged me on television. I think think she Uh, bugs a lot of people. I think she bugs a lot of people. Does she bug you? I mean, I have a thing where I love her just because I understand her because we're from the same place. Does that make sense? What was she like before? I need to know like the full image of like, high school Dorit like obviously it must have been a very different scenario than we're seeing on TV now oh honey it's a very different scenario than we're seeing on TV now you know I mean she had different color hair of course dark hair what was I it mean, like give me a full description it was like curly crimped 
brown hair. Shit. <laughs> like, and I mean, so I don't really remember it changing that much. I mean, now you see she has a different style every time you see her on the screen. I don't really remember that. I remember it just being like normal hair, you know, but like brown. Yeah, and crimped hair. Okay, what was the accent like? What was the accent like? I mean, it wasn't this. It was. Listen, we grew up. The high school <laughs> was in. The high school was in Connecticut. I mean, which is like a suburb of New York for anyone who doesn't really know that. So it's like New England. There's no accent. Do I have an accent to you? I mean, no, you're not from New York, so you probably think I have a New York accent, maybe. A I'm not from America altogether. So yes, you do have an accent, but I live in LA. So no, you don't have an accent. I don't think I do either. But I mean, I, a lot of people think I have either a New York accent or a Los Angeles accent, believe it or not. I've been accused of both. I feel but, like you have a New York. I hear New York in you. I think so, a little bit. But- I mean, really, that's just because I'm an adult and like I grew up between New York and Connecticut and I have lived in New York City basically my whole adult life. But as a child, there was no accent in Connecticut. Like it's just, which I guess everyone thinks where they're from, but that's not true. Like there just is no accent. I mean, it wasn't anything where it is now. So I don't really understand it. Although if you pay attention this season, I find that her accent it's almost gone. Like it's, it's not what it used to be. Did you notice this or am I the only one that notices this? I feel like you're the only one who noticed to me. She's like same Dorit really? through and through. Yeah. But so I, I have very specific questions about yeah. high school Dorit. Was she the popular girl? Was she, a, was she bitchy? Was she the cheerleader? Was she kind of like one of the gals? Like I need to know these things. Okay. So from what I, again, this is all through like a friend and then the friend's sister. Now I have to say when my friend had a big milestone birthday party back in the day, my friend who it was her birthday, we went on her father's boat for the day. And then each of the sisters, there was three younger sisters, each of the sisters got to bring a plus one. And the one sister who's best friends with Dorit brought Dorit. So I was at sea with Dorit on a boat. Say more, say more. <laughs> well, I mean, all I remember is the dark hair. I remember that her and the sister were like the little rebels of this birthday party in the sense that they were like at the front of the boat, like, you know, that, like, you know, that like Titanic where you just stand at the end and spread your wings and you're like, Wonderful and fabulous. Yeah, cringe. And, yeah, cringe. Yes. Well, Dorit was doing that during the ride. And so, so was the, the cringiness is what has always been there. You're telling me. And there was this element of just, you know, like, like, listen, the fact of where Dorit is in life, like married well in the public eye. I mean, it doesn't, it, it, that, that jives. That makes sense. That, makes that totally to makes sense. Front of the yeah. boat. I want to be the queen of the world. I made my dreams come true. Look at my fucking life on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, yeah. You know, I was going to ask you because I actually like watching Dorit and I do see good sides to her on the show. But, you know, from, from, from someone who's seen 
the foundation of Dorit, can I say, why do you think that she comes across so insincere on the show? Or is that just a me thing? I mean, I think a lot of people would agree with you. But you think she comes across, well, you think she comes across more insincere than, I don't know, than like Rinna or any of the others? No, I, yes, I think Rinna is 100% giving you Lisa Rinna, in my opinion, but I may be wrong, you know? I'm just you don't a, think a, she's you, like a shitster and like she knows what she's doing and she's so good yeah, at I her think, job. I think she's a shitstirer, but I also think that Lisa Rinna is like, I know what I got to do here. I've been assigned this job. I'm a reality TV personality, and I'm gonna work my ass off to be the best reality star ever. I don't think Dorit thinks that way. I think Dorit really? is more here for self promotion. Whether Lisa Renner is like, I'm here for self-promotion, but I'm not above it. And I'm not going to, uh, how can I say this? Curate myself for this. I'm just going to give the viewer what they want. That's, right, that's like, how I see it. You don't think Dorit would show like the bad. Like she's not here to show, she's here to show the good, but not the bad and the ugly. Yes, I think that. I, I mean, may be wrong. It. No, I mean- she comes down to breakfast in Gucci stilettos in a Balmain sweatshirt. So, I mean, I see your point. Yes. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to rehash this whole story with Lucy, Lucy, Apple motherfucking, I don't remember, E. Um, yes. But, you know... I, I was definitely on Dorit's side. I thought Lisa Vanderpump was a complete asshole about it. But come on, she fucking lied. I what she did was not that bad. Like I don't think it's a, it's the wrong move to give up a dog that could be, you know, a danger to one of your children or if the dog is not getting on with the children, but I do think that she kind of fucking lied. Right? Well, I have a guest coming up on my podcast. It's already recorded. And this person is not on Bravo currently, but was on in the past and was at Watch What Happens with Kyle. I'm giving you some juice and was- Please do, thank you. Oh, here's the thing. I didn't bring it up. This is one of those interviews where I had my own agenda, but man, it got better than I even anticipated because this person has nothing to do with the housewives. And he, I made a comment about like reality TV and like, you know- where are we going? Like, you know, have we bottomed out? Like, is the world changed? Like, I, I kind of like these bigger discussions sometimes. And like, has the world changed? We're like, maybe we're just over it all. And we want to see a nicer, kinder, like just a different type of reality show. Cause the whole fucking world is falling apart. And this yeah. person was like, and I didn't say it. This person was like, you mean, you don't think we should have a whole season talking about some damn fucking dog. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Are you a, a, like you watch the Beverly Hills Housewives? Like you're basically trashing them. Like, oh, honey, this this like interview just got got good. <laughs> I mean, it was it was good to begin with, and I was like, okay, let me scrap all my damn questions. And then this person starts talking about, well, Kyle told me this, and I'm like, oh shit, and was just basically we talked about we got some more. So I have a thing coming out where someone reveals all sorts of things that they know about Doggate. With Lucy, Lucy did she Apple lie? Jamie. Did she lie? Lie about what? Like, 
like about what returning the dog or wanting to just drop yeah, it in did the middle she of the lie? I mean, yeah, just like me. I, I think I have to go back and listen to it because I was even confused what this person was trying to say, but it seemed like Dorit knew what she was doing. Yeah, she was being fishy about it. Yeah. She was being fishy. I agree. Okay. So she comes I, I across Yeah. You know, if, if this is how I think. If it were Lisa Renner, Lisa Renner would have been like, listen, okay, I didn't know what to do with the dog. This happened. I gave it to someone. Um, I don't know what the fuck they did with the dog. That wasn't my concern. I was concerned about my kids. And that would have been believable. And she would have been honest. And no one would have, you know, pictured her as a monster trying to abandon a dog. Because the reality is that when a dog doesn't get on with one of your kids, you have to give it away. Either you have the time to train it, or if it's not possible, you give it away. Of course, it has to be given away under the right circumstances in the right conditions. But I feel like Lisa would have just given it to us real instead of being like, I never did that. I swear. Like, I, I tried. And like, you, no, you didn't fucking try. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, you're like, to your point, like, Dorit would never let that side of herself be shown. She would not let that side of herself be shown. And that's why I think, to me, she comes across very insincere and I just want to know if that's kind of what she was known to be like in high school or if it's something that came with the money and the fame and trying to become, you know, dir- no, I think I think I'm not shocked to see this derby. You know, it seems I feel like we're all kind of the same. You know, we're changed, but we're all kind of the same. Like, it, it this, you know, this is derby. Like, it doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock you. Any, you know, like, look at, I think we all had goals in high school. It doesn't like being famous and rich. I think this fits right into what Dorit really set out for her life. That's just my opinion. What do you think about all this money talk surrounding her and PK? Like, what is your opinion about that? I mean, listen, I think this about a lot of the housewives and I just did a whole show on my Patreon account about money and how much housewives are worth. I think it's all smoke and mirrors for so many housewives, not even just Dorit. Like, I think if you really strip away the layers and boil down, like, like my, literally my, my Patreon episode was all about money and housewives. I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with a lot of them. Most of them personally. I believe that for Lisa Vanderpump, 100%. And a lot of others, you know? And I mean, especially like same thing with New York, you know, like you look at some of these apartments. I'm not saying they're not nice. I'm not saying people don't live well. I'm just saying like, you know, the real wealthy financial like hedge fund wives would never be on the Real Housewives of New York. Okay. So do you think Erica doesn't have money? It's so funny because I always thought Erica had so much money. I mean, the thing is, Tom Girardi is the lawyer for freaking Aaron Brockovich. Like, that is so much money. But now we have all these things with smoke and mirrors about her too, right? Yeah, I know. It's it's hard to know. The only one that I believe is Kyle with money-wise. Why? Because of Mauricio? I actually, because I know things, because I know one of her best friends really well, and I just know. But with her, I know that it's real. See, I think Kyle has money, but I, I, I think Lisa Vanderpump has money too. I do. I don't. 
I you think don't. she's a fucking liar. No, I think she has some, but I don't think she's at the level where everyone is like, oh, the queen Lisa Vanderpump. Like, no. And I think if she had that much, Villa Blanca would still be open. And it's not. No, it's not. Trying to save Sir and Tom Tom for the show. Got to put some money aside because we don't have all that much. I'm sorry. I know it's a lot of money to be lost because of coronavirus, but a lot of businesses haven't opened their doors yet and they're still here because right. they have the money. And I don't think Lisa has it. Maybe that's a wrong observation of me, but I, I honestly do not buy it. You just hate Lisa Vanderpump for some reason. And yeah, I'm, not saying, like yeah. I'm not I saying like that her. you're not okay to hate her. A lot of people, do, I'm not such a, I'm not so sold on her. But I just think I'm, it's I, Even if it weren't like okay to not like her, I don't fucking like her. Like, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. I'm not going to pretend I like her on my podcast if I don't. Did you um, ever that's like her? Why I, um, yes, I think... I don't think I've ever been, like, a fan of hers. Like, I've definitely ran into her a couple times and I was never like, oh my gosh, Lisa Vanderpump. She didn't bug me, but... I feel like she's not a bad person, but I also feel like Lisa Vanderpump sees what she wants to see. And that's just not a trait that I would like in my friends. Like I need someone to be able to see their mistakes and to see where they've gone wrong. And I feel like she's kind of in her little pink world of not really wanting to like in denial almost. Totally. And that bugs me. I That kind I, of bugs me. I don't necessarily disagree. Like, I don't think she's, you know, the end-all, be-all queen like everybody else. So I, I get it. Um, do you think Dorit is a bad mom? <laughs> Why? Just because she's more <laughs> into herself than her children? Is that what you think? Every time she says, Jagger, Jagger, she kind of looks like it's the first time that she's met him. It's not a, like the look on her face and maybe that's part of her whole insincere thing but it's not a look of like care and love and it's very just surface to me and maybe that's just what she puts on on the sh and on the show but it just looks very off and awkward to me i could see that but what's I mean, your opinion <laughs> diana's like you're still not really being the david that we want here today um yeah david that we want where are you i mean I think that she, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think what I think. Like I'm taking a moment. No one's ever asked me if I thought Dorit was a good mom or not. Um, I think that she lives for her kids as much as any Beverly Hills woman could. I'm trying to think out of all the moms on Beverly Hills, who do, who would I think, you know who I think Kylie, is a mom. Well, do you know who I think is a great mom too? Is Garcelle seems like a great mom to me. Oh yeah, Garcelle. Let's talk about Garcelle. Should we talk about she's Garcelle? Not nice. She's not that nice. I thought she was going to be nicer. It kind of bothered me. Why? Because she wasn't nice to Kyle? Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't know why. I want to know why. When I know why, I'll understand. Until I know why, I'm not going to get it. I don't love her, but I don't not like her. Like... I, she's I'm 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 okay with her being there. What do you think about Teddy? Is Teddy just a waste to you? Yep. Is yeah, she a waste to of. you? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. The only the only thing I will say that really that I really felt for Teddy, and I normally would never say that because I genuinely never feel for Teddy, but um when Sutton was like 
I, I, I can help Teddy with style choices. And it's like, bitch, not everyone wants to be a bedazzled couture Christmas tree, my friend. Like Seriously. not everyone wants that. Like it's not that cute. Okay. So yeah, maybe Teddy's a little bit more tomboyish and she, she's a bit more modest with her fashion choices, but it's kind of better. That is the only time where I was like, justice for Teddy. I mean, Sutton was on my show, so I don't mind Sutton. A lot of people I understand hate her. I mean, here's my thing. So when Sutton was on my show, she told a story about having to transport a piano to her summer house. It seemed she was going to be at this summer house for about three weeks. And she got a lot of hate of like, but the thing is, if you have more money than God, now I'm not saying this would ever be like me. I probably wouldn't ever need to be this high maintenance. But like, at least she's being authentic. Like, if you really didn't have any real world problems, of course, you want to transport your piano for three weeks. I don't think I would ever be that person, no matter how much money I had. But I feel like Sutton is at least authentic. Like, it's not put on. Oh, and I completely agree with that. But don't shame people for not being that way. Right. That's right. what I mean. Right. Yeah, no, Teddy you know, just, I mean, listen, when these spots are so coveted and so many people want them, just because you're Kyle's best friend doesn't mean you can keep your contract. I think maybe it's time for Teddy to go. I think so. Not not that I hate her. Like, I don't, I don't hate her or think anything bad of her. I just don't think she's necessary at this point. And I also think that, sadly... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is an extremely disappointing show until we get to the bottom of what the fuck is going up with going on with Denise, which we've had teasers, we've had the press, but until I get to see that on TV, I just don't rate this show as much as I used to. Maybe it's quarantine that did it to me. I don't know what it is. I'm just not not invested. A lot of people think this is an off season for Beverly Hills, but wasn't last season off for you too? Yeah, it was. It's. I think the last two, three years has has been very disappointing for me, for sure. Do you not feel that way? Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't think I mind it as much as everybody else, but I see why people mind it. Does that make sense? So you I still mean, enjoy watching it? I do. I mean, to me... But you know what it is? Maybe it's because you know a lot of those people more. And like for me, because I live in New York and I know the New York people and the New Jersey people, to me, New York is off this season. I think once you get an insider perspective yeah. of what life is like. I have always said this. I've always said this. I, I, I think so. Yeah, it becomes less fascinating to you. And maybe that's what's going on with Beverly Hills. I mean, I know the places where they go. I, you know, I don't, I'm not in their circle. Definitely not. I don't have a rich husband and I'm here behind my microphone having my PMS day trying to cope, bitching about other people. But I just know their lifestyle and I know people who live their lifestyle and just watching them complain and moan about this lifestyle is no longer interesting to me. I need a little bit more from the Real Housewives at this point as someone who is living in LA. I just think the housewives in general is having a moment. Like I almost think like the bigger issue, like are we all just getting tired of it? I mean, really? I don't know. Is that what's happening? 
I kind of feel like we are. I feel like when we live in a world of like indulgence and a world where we have access to everything and we can make anything happen and we can, you know, overindulge in anything, it's kind of nice to sit down and watch a bunch of bitches tear each other apart. But I think that when we're in a place where we're all kind of craving for the next time we're going to be able to go to a restaurant, you know, cannot wait for the next time we go on a date, watching someone complain about someone's dress who isn't couture just does not do it for us. And I really think that the housewives are going to have a bit of an identity crisis with what's going on in the world, maybe for a while. I mean, that's Um, what I think. Like, I just think the world, like, listen, it cannot go on forever. It just, it it physically can't. That's not the way the world works. And I just am wondering, like, we don't live in the same world that we lived in February 1st. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, is the world just changing? Like, that's what I started talking about on my podcast that we just, our thirst for reality TV is not gone, but it's like different. I'm going to leave my list with that. I want them to submit. I want them to let me know what they think. I need everyone's fucking opinion because I don't know how I feel about reality TV anymore. David, it was so amazing to have you on the podcast. Can you please let everyone know where they can find you, your Instagram, your podcast, all the things? Yes. Everyone can find me if they want to listen to my podcast, my interviews with Bravo Liberty and reality stars and some of my crazy stories. It's Behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that podcasts can be found, Behind the Velvet Rope. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Behind Velvet Rope. There's no thought on the Instagram. It's at Behind Velvet Rope. And really, for all the social media I have, Instagram is really where you'll get the actual me. I answer DMs. I'm on top of my Instagram and everything else I don't follow. So Instagram or go to Apple and listen to my show. David, I'm so grateful you came on the podcast. This really was a great pick-me-up for me today. I really needed this. You've made my day. I hope I helped. I hope I was somewhat forthcoming in my opinions. You were, and you gave you gave enough juice. So that that definitely you 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 did you did your job. You did I, your job well. Well, I appreciate duty. you having me on. I really do. Thank you so much for listening to the You Can't Say With Me podcast. Just a quick reminder: rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It is the most helpful and supportive thing you can do for this show. Also, if you would like to engage in the conversation yourself, you're welcome to request to join the secret Facebook group. It's called You Can't Sit With Me. Don't forget to look for it. But all really annoying and thirsty plugs aside, hope you enjoy this episode.